All right, let's turn to Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2 in the Word of God. Nehemiah chapter 2. And we'll read verses 17 through 20. Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 17 through 20. Say this in the Word of God. Nehemiah 2, 17 through 20. <clears throat> then said I unto them, Nehemiah 2, 17. Then said I unto them, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, and let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as I also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, <clears throat> Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite, and Tobiah the servant, <coughs> the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that you do? Will ye rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we his servants will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, again we thank you, Lord, and help us to realize that with you we can do nothing. Lord, we're dependent. Lord, we can't even walk without you holding his hand. Lord, our next breath, our next heartbeat. Lord, you are the God in whom we move and breathe and have our being, as the Word of God says. But Lord, that should be exciting to us, that Lord, uh, that God, we can trust you with everything in our life. Lord, I pray again for those that have physical needs among us. Uh, Lord, continue, Lord, just to touch them. Lord, give healing, give uh, doctors wisdom. Lord, whatever needs to be done, God, help them to trust you, uh, dear God, and uh, to rest in you. And Lord, uh, you would uh, give grace to the family, no doubt as they're concerned about loved ones. And Lord, uh, just uh, watch over uh, people, dear God. And Lord, I pray for those that are traveling. Lord, we think of the Thomases as they're on the road. Please watch over them. John and Lydia as they'll be traveling. Give mercy and grace as they go about. And Lord, rest and visit people and do things. And then, Lord, help us tonight, Lord, as we look at this thought from the Word of God. Dear God, that we'd be challenged. And Lord, may our desire ever be towards you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we've been looking at a lot of... Uh, thoughts or characteristics on a Sunday night, you know, uh, on this particular one, probably one of my, I don't know if I'd call it a, a pet a peeve, but something that's important to me, something that's important to me in the ministry, and something that I often mention is teamwork or unity in the ministry. Lack of unity, teamwork, and putting the ministry and others before self has ruined many a good ministry. Of course, I've seen it in churches in America, and as I've mentioned before, I certainly see it in mission work overseas. Let me give you some thoughts about teamwork, right? Great challenges, great challenges require great teamwork. And the quality, of course, most needed on team, uh, team facing a difficult challenge is collaboration. I noticed the word wasn't cooperation, but collaboration. Because collaboration is more than that. Cooperation is working together agreeably, which is 
of course, important, right? To work together agreeably. But collaboration which is also needed because that is working together aggressively and actively to reach the goal. Each person on a team, if you will, must intentionally or intentionally bring something to the table that adds value to the relationship of the group and success to the team. As a result, the sum of truly collaborative teamwork is always greater than its parts. Everybody working together. We must emphasize collaboration and encourage team members to focus on completing over competing. That's so important, right? And and business is important, but uh, in a church, I often say that phrase, right? We're not here to, even among other churches, other people in the ministry, right? We're here to help complete one another, not compete with one another. In any team, there is potential for competition, right? Even in families, right? Siblings fight for their parents' attention. Now, that wasn't a big deal in my family, right? Because I was always mom's favorite. Co-workers compete for raises and promotions, right? Uh, ball players go head-to-head for the chance to start instead of sitting on the bench. All individuals have hopes, goals, and dreams. Of course, we all have things that we want to achieve. But on a collaborative teams where team members work together, work together, completing one another is more important than competing with one another, for collaboration to work, teammates must be supportive of one another rather than suspicious of one another. Some people are so preoccupied with looking out for their own interest, they are, they are naturally suspicious of just about everyone, including their teammates or even church members. Supportiveness is a choice. It requires assuming that other people's motives are good unless proven otherwise. When people show support rather than suspicion and insist on the same attitude from other members, it creates an atmosphere of trust and security for the team. Finally, effective teams, right? We want to have a, should always have a a win-win mindset and expect it from everyone on the team, right? We all want to win together and we want everybody to win. We want to win individually and the team. This is a belief that a win for the team also can be a win for every individual. When the goal of a team win, right, is in place, team members can change their attitude from one is what's in it for me to how does it benefit the team? How does this move us forward in God's will for the team? When people focus on the team and not just themselves, they share information, they share credit and effort with the goal of crossing the finish line together and reaping the benefit and God getting the glory. So in Nehemiah, of course, uh, Nehemiah, you find one of the greatest examples of teamwork in God's Word every time. You can't go through Nehemiah without saying and thinking about and talking about teamwork. So for a few moments, I just want to talk about that. Right now, if you look about uh, uh, the the group working together here in Nehemiah, right, you have people of, of course, you know, it was uh, the nation of Israel. So, you know, you have the the different tribes working together. I'm sure each tribe had their own goal, but you see different tribes working together. You have people from different social classes working together. Right. He, He made everybody work, didn't he? He made everybody get out there and work. 
And you probably have people with differing opinions of how things should be done to work together. But yet, they work together, and they move forward in accomplishing the mission. Why? They, because they stayed united. If you read through here, you see they stay united. You see they followed the leadership. You see they did God's will and finished the task to the benefit of all and to God's glory. Notice again these verses, verse 17 of Nehemiah 2. Of course, Nehemiah talking said, Then I said to them, You see the distress we are in, how Jerusalem lieth in waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. He says, Look, listen, we have something we need to accomplish as a team. Obviously, there's something. We have to do something. We can't let things remain as they are, right? We're going to have to make some decisions, right? We're going to have to become active in the effort to accomplish what needs to be done here. And notice these words, let us build the wall. That's what the leader says. He doesn't say, hey, you guys, if you guys will listen to me, right? If you guys will just listen to me, we'll get to say, no, let us. Always the thought of the team effort. Let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, what? That we be no more a reproach. See, it wasn't about Nehemiah. It wasn't say that I be no more approached, that people don't think bad of me as a leader. But hey, let us work together, that we be no more reproach, right? Hey, that we accomplish a mission, right? And we all get the benefit of that. So notice that what it says, verse 17. Let us build, that we, not me, that's good leadership, be no more a reproach. Nehemiah always emphasized the team. And of course, that's what a leader should do. Notice verse 18, what he says to them. He says, Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me. Boy, I love it always when it says that, you know, according to the good hand of God upon them or things like that. Boy, we want to know. We want to know as individuals, of course, we want to know as leaders, we want to know as individuals, we want to know as a church that God's good hand is upon us, that God's good hand is upon us. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me. I don't think he was saying that in an arrogant way. I think he was, Nehemiah was obviously a humble leader, but yet he was a confident leader. You can be a confident leader without being a, a, a arrogant or being, being showy or braggadocious, right? If you are simply uh, 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 just sharing and being honest with your heart. So the hand of my God was good upon me. As also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. Notice what happens. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. What a good verse that is. Notice verse 18. Nehemiah made clear it was God's will. Why are we doing this? It's God's will. That's why we're doing it. It's God's will for us to build the walls in Jerusalem. He sent us here to accomplish this mission, and he sent us here to accomplish it together as a team. Nehemiah made clear it was God's will. And you know what? And as soon as they understood that, the people gladly submitted, not just to Nehemiah, but gladly submitted to God's will. That's what we're submitting to. You see, when, 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 when there's a leadership that surrendered to God's will and is trying to lead in God's will, when, you, when, when people submit to that, they're really not submitting to the leader. They're submitting the whole team together. It's just simply submitting to God's will and then moving forward to accomplish that. And then look what they said. Hey, this is God's will. 
We want to do that together as a team. And so they said, you know, over there, I think in verse 17, Nehemiah says, let us that we. That's Nehemiah saying, hey, let's do this. But then they said it, right? Hey, that's the way it should be. The, uh, the, the leadership gives up the, the mantra and then the, the team turn around and acknowledges that. You're right. Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. So the, the leadership came up and said, hey, let us do this, that we be no more. Hey, this is God's will. And they realized it was God's will. And they said, hey, then they took up the mantra as well. Let us, so they. What a wonderful picture that is of good uh, teamwork and unity uh, among them. And so, of course, verse 19, what happens, right? When Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite, and the Gesh- and Geshem, the Arabian, heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised and said, what is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? Then answer, So what do you see here? Verse 20, of course, the enemy will try to discourage the team. When the team, right, when God's people, right, submit to God's will, right, you know that the enemy is going to show up and try to, discourage, uh, try to discourage the team. But what did they do? Look at what else happens in verse uh, 19, right? In verse 19, that happens. And then look what goes on to say, well, let me ask you this. You know, the enemy is going to show up and try to discourage people anytime God's people try to move forward and do God's will. So let me ask you this question. Do you believe God can put thoughts in your heart and mind? Well, do you believe Satan can too? Acts 5.3, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart? Why has Satan filled thy heart? That is why it is so important. When a, 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 a church, a team is facing a great task for God, right, that they make sure that they're, not, they're of one heart and acts, what do you say over and over? Of one heart, of one mind, of one accord, right? Because when Satan tries to slip in, it can be detected and dealt with. And so when the enemy tried to slip in, look what Nehemiah said. Then answered I them and said to them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But ye have no portion, no right, no memorial. I remember we went through Nehemiah. I love that portion of Scripture. So Nehemiah stood strong. And that's what, amen, a team needs to do. When we're moving forward for God, we need to stand strong together and stand strong against the enemy that would try to slip in. He, said, and he got to me said, listen, God is with us. We will stick together and we will do his will. What wonderful things we've seen in the verses. Now look over to chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Say this, But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we built the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Oh, it's so fun to make the enemy mad when you do God's will. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Verse 4, Hear, O our God, for we are despised and turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity and cover not their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. Verse 6, So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people 
had a mind to work, that great well-known verse. So what do we see in verses 1 through 6? Once again, we see the enemy hates to see progress among God's people. The enemy hates to see progress. It hates to see God's people staying together and working together and moving forward in God's will. And of course, he will try to sow discord among God's people. He will try to divide. That's what he does. That's what he does. That's why, if you notice verse 4 and 5, when the enemy comes, what? What do they do? It says, and what did they do? Verse 4, hear, O God. They immediately went into prayer. United prayer is so important when moving forward as a team, as a church in the will of God. It's so important to pray together. You always hear the family that prays together stays together. The church that prays together stays together. You see, they stayed focused, verse 6. So, they, so what did they do? They, they ignored them and they just immediately went to united prayer. And that's the right thing to do. Stay in united prayer. So what happened? So we built the wall, and all the wall was joined together under the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. So what do we see? Despite, right, the attacks and the devil trying to slip in and show discord, they stayed focused. And it says the wall was joined together. And how was the wall joined together? Because they were joined together. Amen. They were joined together. The people, the team, the church, if you will, because their heart and mind was toward God's work and towards God's will. And that's what mattered. It's going to be a short message. Go back to chapter 3. Boy, you need to go back and read this, but I want you to notice something. Right? We read a little bit out of 2 and 4, but notice something in chapter 3. As you go back to chapter 3, Notice something as you read this chapter, right? It talks about them working together. Take note, when you read the Word of God, what you often look for? Things that are repeated. Things that are repeated. And notice what is often repeated in this chapter. As you read through these verses, notice the phrase, next unto him, next unto them. You see, you see that unity, you see that staying together. You see that bond as a team working together. I think, notice, notice well, verse 1, let's start there. Then Elishabib, Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brother and the priest. You see, everybody worked. And they builded the sheep gate. They sanctified it and set up the doors of it, even into the tower of Mia. They sanctified it under the tower of Hananil. And then notice this phrase. Verse 2, and how it starts, I'm just going to read the beginning of these verses. It says, and next unto him builded, right? In verse 4, and next unto them repaired. Verse 5, and next unto them, right? Verse 7, and next unto them repaired. And verse 8, and next unto him repaired. And verse 9, and next unto them repaired. And verse 10, and next unto them, repaired. And verse 12, and next unto him, repaired. And then you get into these other verses, and you notice this phrase also besides next unto him, or next unto them, after him, after them, after him. Notice verse 16, after him, repaired. Verse 17, after him, 
repaired. Verse 18, after him <laughs> repaired. Notice this, their brethren, right? Verse 19, and next to him repaired. Verse 20, and after him. Verse 21, after him repaired. Verse 22, after him repaired. Verse 23, after him repaired. Verse 24, after him repaired. Verse 27, after them, right? The, the uh, Tekoites repaired. Verse 29, after them repaired. Verse 30, after him repaired. Verse 31, after him repaired. What a, what a wonderful chapter of a team of the people of God working together. They were all there, right? And, and uh, here, and excuse me, and here was Brother Ari, and uh, after him was Brother Adam, and after him was Brother Burgess, and after him was Brother Mark, and after him was Brother Lester, and after him was Brother David, and uh, after him was Brother Joseph. I mean, that's the way it should be, amen, when the people of God are working together, over here praying, whatever the case, amen, you see that unity staying together so the will of God was accomplished. Do you see the great picture of unity and teamwork in this chapter. So that's just, I want to give you that one simple thought tonight, the importance, amen, of teamwork, the importance of God's will, the importance of staying together, amen, to accomplish God's will. What a wonderful example in these chapters we see, a wonderful example for God's people in any age, in any ministry, in any circumstance. Amen. The people of God working together as a team. So I simply say this. May the Lord help us to be the people, to be the team, to be the church he would have us to be. Let's pray.